It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. We, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. 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 Hey, what's up, everyone? What's going on? Welcome back to Miked Up. This is an unapologetic low country based podcast, and it's hosted by yours truly, Mika Gadsden. I'm here. I'm bringing you part two of my uh, interview with Alvin Johnson. Here, what you'll hear, if you haven't listened to part one, though, let me just say that. If you haven't listened to part one, go back, do that now. <laughs> um, but anyway, here in this portion, uh, or, or rather in this episode of Miked Up, I ask. Alvin to outline his experience as a chair of a subcommittee that was uh, the larger part or part of a larger commission. That commission was uh, Charleston's Special Commission on Equity, Inclusion, and Racial Conciliation. I'll link more information in the show notes. Uh, Alvin was, uh, he chaired a subcommittee, and that was the Economic Empowerment Subcommittee. So I wanted him to detail his experience while being a leader within this commission in this effort and also speak more to um, this one raucous night uh, at city council where ultimately um, the council chose to vote no, vote against the uh, recommendations and, and a lot of, basically vote against a lot of the work that had been led by not just Alvin, but uh, his peers and, and also spearheaded by many, many volunteers, including myself, who was a part of the History and Culture Subcommittee chaired by Dr. Felice Knight. Um, so here, here's more from that, uh, that interview with Alvin, and then I'll catch you on the other side. All right. Got a call from the mayor. He invited you onto the commission and... Uh, let me know. Tell me more about your experience on the commission. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, everybody was excited. Um, you know, I was asked to select uh, seven commission members. Right. So, of course, I think there was a, a portal online and, you know, folks could apply and, you know, put their names in and whatnot. And I, I got a list of some folks and, you know, I kind of read their bios and, um, reached out to some of them. Um, some folks didn't have a bio, but I knew I knew who they were. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I had done some research and I mean, there, there were certainly a couple of folks, you know, that I absolutely wanted on there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, after speaking to those folks and getting the commitments from them, um, you know, we got the work. We had our first call. The first call was great. You know, we really didn't talk about the work. It was kind of, you know, mostly, you know, just trying to figure out exactly what equity was. Right. You know, just establishing baselines, you know, just trying to figure out that, you know, just want to be sure that we're all playing from the same sheet of music at the end of the day. Um, But after that first meeting, um, that's kind of when we, you know, we we just we just dug into the work. Yeah. Yeah, it was an impressive set of uh, co-chairs. Your peers were exceptional. Um, it, it was great to see you all show up in the way you did. Um, we're not going to pour over the, the details of the commission, but let's just, for, for the sake of the audience, the people listening, uh, the commission was largely charged with uh, uh, coming up with recommendations. It was it was all volunteer-based, um, but a lot of the volunteers were heavy hitters, especially the chairs of, of each subcommittee. 
but um you were you were charged with coming up with recommendations and with the with the hope that the city would adopt these recommendations that were working toward equity, inclusion, racial conciliation in a place like Charleston. Uh, unfortunately, the recommendations well, even though there's still some hope, the recommendations were not accepted. There was a, a city council meeting where where I feel, and I'm going to speak for myself, where I feel um, Amber Johnson, who holds this very special, you know, who heads up the commission for the city, city employee, Amber Johnson really didn't get an opportunity to present the recommendations in a way I felt um, that did a service to not just your work, but the work that I also participated on. I was on the history and culture subcommittee. Um can, can can you just kind of like just let me know like how did you feel that that night city oh, council man. yeah so what a night right so I was actually at home watching because you know I just figured you know it's a report they're going to accept the report not approve it you know it should be a no brainer at the end of the day right um, we came out of our last commission meeting. Uh, with basically all the votes that we thought that we needed in order for it to go to the next step in the process. Um, but as I'm sitting there watching the meeting, I was actually on the phone and texting back and forth with uh, Crystal Rouse. Mm-hmm. And it was the same night, I think, that they were talking about a mask mandate. Um, and it was a very raucous and heated crowd. Um, but you couldn't help but notice the like, intersection between the anti-vaxxers, the anti-maskers, and I just want to flat out just call them racist mm-hmm. in the room. Um, so um, I was actually riding with my wife. I had the, had the kids with us and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to drive and watch at the same time, but I could certainly feel the tone. And as soon as I got home, I got the kids up the steps, got the wife in the house. I came back downstairs. She's like, where are you going? I said, I got to go to Daniel Island. I can't, I can't let, you know, Amber stand up there by herself at the end of the day. And as soon as I got in my car, Crystal called me. She was like, I got to go down there. And so um, I walk in, I let Amber know I'm there. I sit next to Amber and then Kenya Dunn walks in. She sits next to me and then Darren Calhoun walks in. And so, I mean, we were just wanting to, you know, show her love and support because I couldn't imagine having to go up and stand in front of those folks. Right. Because you're sitting here hearing, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 people, you know, talk about something that you're about to present. I mean, even though it was nowhere near factual, but at the end of the day, um, you were going to end up being the like ultimate target. And we don't want her to, you know, feel that she was up there by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the most unfortunate thing about that night was to me, it, 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 it wasn't that it didn't pass. It was um, all the folks who thought that they knew what was in the report were gone by the time Amber got up to give her presentation. Right. So I mean, they didn't get themselves a chance to even stand up there and be yeah. more informed about, you know, something that they knew absolutely yeah. nothing about. Let me let me interject there for those who, who, who aren't privy. Um, and I'll probably link the city council meeting in the, the notes in the show notes, the description of this podcast episode. But but yeah, basically, um, Amber's presentation was 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 saved for like the la- the latter portion of the agenda that night. So a lot of people had left. It was a very long night. It was uh, one of the first 
uh, in-person city council meetings in within this whole pandemic era. So, um, you know, a lot of people poured out to Daniel Island, which is a privileged and predominantly white affluent area. So you had the CRT folks, the anti-CRT folks, the anti-maskers, the anti-vaxxers, all kind of descending on this meeting. That's the backdrop. And there you have Amber. Um, and I said this, I've said this countless times. I, She's just there, no dais. Her notes are in her hand. The clicker's in another hand. She's she's trying to manage her mask, keep her mask on as she's presenting. Basically, it looked like there was no support until y'all showed up and at least, at least offered moral support and let her know that you were there. But it seems like and I don't want you to to, to agree with me and, and and indict anyone, but I don't feel like Amber was set up for success to present, like you said, present this very important um, uh, bit of documentation and the you know information. Um, yeah, it was unfortunate. It was very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and for the I'm not gonna say in that way, right? It's just right. a roadblock. I think we're going to making it work and make it happen. But, you know, for all of, I mean, I think well, there were 49 of us that volunteered for this work mm-hmm. um, and for us to to spend all those months and those times. I mean, my group, I know we met with, we, we met with Optus Bank. I had a, I had a subgroup within the group that was working with them, like basically all by themselves, right? Bernie Mazik, Lamar Bonaparte, we're working with them. You know, we're trying to get this fund set up. Um, I met with the Federal Reserve. Um, oh, wow. Marcus McDonald was actually on that call with me, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, met with the Federal Reserve folks. Um, Low Country First. Uh, I mean, we mm-hmm. we were just trying to meet with anybody and everybody that we felt could, you know, help bridge some of these gaps or offer economic opportunity for black Charleston at the end of the day. And and I I felt like we had some great recommendations. We had uh, groups that wanted to come alongside of us. Um, I had a a group of clergy here in town, white clergy, about six or seven pastors that I met with that wanted to come along this reparation space. And these guys had admitted, like, there was like, our church is basically built by built by slaves. We know that our church wouldn't be here if it wasn't for these folks. And the least we can do is, you know, we have money, we have access to capital. We want to come into this space, but we don't know exactly what that looks like. Um, I probably spent a good hour and a half, two hours just talking about all of the different things that they can do. Right. And it wasn't necessarily putting money into an account. Maybe they can go out and, you know, they can get scholarships. I told them what, um, Georgetown U is doing right. I mean, Georgetown U is basically saying if if you can prove that you are related to these group of individuals that we sold so that our university can still be a university, then you can go here tuition free. Right. It's not a check, but that's an opportunity that could change the trajectory, not only of that individual, but of their offspring and their offspring. Right. That's what it looks like. Um, There are so many folks out there that want to come alongside this work and um we don't necessarily need the city to do it but it'd be great to have to have those resources and that platform but it it it, it was it was a gut punch 
For additional context, the Charleston Special Commission on Equity, Inclusion, and Racial Conciliation, it came about during the summer of 2020 protests, um, and it was set out to examine uh, policing, economic development, health care, environmental management, housing, transportation, education, history, and culture. Um, so that's what it was set out to do, was to um, convene the subcommittees and come up with a number of recommendations to see it, to, to, and position the city to commit to a plan uh, to advance the concerns around those, uh, those subjects that I just lifted up. I wanted to take a look at some um, reporting, local reporting from the Post and Courier about that night that Alvin uh, was describing. I know perhaps um, we didn't do a great job, or rather, let me put it on the onus on me. I didn't do a good job in um, helping you establish certain timelines um, prior to this interview, but but let me try to clean up some of this right here, just looking at some recent reporting or reporting following that night. So I'm reading from uh, a Post and Courier article that posted in September, September 20th to be specific. Uh, And the title of the article, the headline reads, Charleston City Council votes no on forming new racial conciliation commission. So when you heard Alvin talk about that gut punch at the at the tail end of our interview, that's the gut punch was that that um, that September 14th, seven to six, no vote. Um, And so uh, while there is some hope that aspects of this work uh, and I mean, y'all, this was very intense. This was um, this was very special and time consuming. And it, it, it was just a lot of work. So many volunteers came together. I really do hope that the city acknowledges um, their efforts, their acumen, their brilliance, their expertise. I really do. I really do hope the city um, does ultimately embrace aspects of this work, if not in creating a permanent commission, which is what we want, hopefully. Um, we can see some level of commitment uh, from the city, uh, hopefully some level of commitment akin to what we've seen with those who are rallying for more businesses and who are champions of commercial activity and tourism and hospitality. Hopefully this special commission gets the love and consideration uh, that some of these millionaire developer developers and investors get. But, you know, let's hold out some hope. Thank you for rocking with me. I'm actually going to end this season of the Mic'd Up podcast right here. Um, in the new year, y'all, you'll get more audio content, hopefully more voices from Charleston. And like Alvin, I hope to introduce you to so many people who are behind the scenes, people who work within this very, very um, sometimes, sometimes messy, sometimes overwrought uh, city, that politically overwrought city um, uh, that is Charleston. And I, I just want you to get to become more familiar with some of these amazing people, black people, especially uh, people of color, those who you just seldom hear from interesting folks who, who work in and around this place. We, we call the low country. All right. So um, I'll catch you out in the new year. Y'all take care of yourself. Please be safe. Please keep reading. Use that library card. Um, if you observe the holidays, please enjoy your holiday. Stay masked up. All my Gullah Geechee people, Y'all stay black.